Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. 2020 caused us all to be in our homes, in our spaces, in a way we never had before. And many of us looked around and started to think, how can I change things up? What can I shift around or change in order to beautify the space that I'm in? One of the ways that I did that was to work with my longtime friend, Emily McInnes. And the more we worked together this year, the more I realized that I had to bring her on and share her story with all of you. Emily McInnes is a dear friend. We have known each other for years, and I've gotten to watch her grow personally and professionally. She's one of those spirits that always feels connected no matter how far the distance between us. And she is a boss. She is the CEO and founder of I Buy Art, a business that curates site-specific contemporary art projects for corporate partners, as well as an e-commerce platform for innovative and thought-provoking artwork that goes direct to the consumer. Emily was the co-founder and co-director of Flash Forward Festival and the director of creative development for Contact Photo Festival in Toronto, where she curated large-scale temporary public art projects to activate partnerships with Magnum Photos, Scotiabank, the National Gallery of Canada, and more. Emily was an advisor to Magnum Photos and a founding member of the Time Razor, where she served on the art jury for 11 years. In 2010, Emily was selected as one of 15 women entrepreneurs who make a difference to participate in a private business program led by thought leader Seth Godin in New York. Our conversation moved from art, the art world, creating an online business to have freedom and family time and finding the beauty and joy in the adversity of this season. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you. So full disclosure, we have known each other for many, many, many years, and you are one of my dearest friends. And so to my amazing audience who doesn't have the pleasure of knowing you yet. I'm so excited to share you with them and share your story. And, you know, I I will say that as I was thinking about this, we've been bringing in guests and thinking about, I'm always thinking about like, who do I know that are just doing amazing things and fabulous things? And you recently invited me on, we did a FaceTime live, which was technologically amazing. And I have, you know, some art pieces in my home that you've helped me curate and I that just was like a light bulb moment. I thought, "Oh my gosh, we need to have this conversation because you have really been blazing a trail in the art world and in the online art world and you're just amazing." So I'm so excited to have you here and for the audience that doesn't know you yet, Emily McInnes, will you tell us a little bit about your story and your mission? with the art world and who you are. 
Thanks, Anya. That was such a, a beautiful introduction. And um, I feel so honored and blessed to have you in my life. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be part of this with you. So thank you. So to give you a little bit of background, I have an e-commerce business and I also have a custom, maybe corporate side to the business as well, where we do custom solutions. So I started the business in 2009. And to give you a little bit of background, I had previously been running a photography festival. It was actually the biggest photography festival in the world. And from there, it was, you know, it's a trajectory, right? And you know, at the time, like I didn't sort of realize what the path was. It just, it very much unfolded as I took each step. So when I was running the festival, I just kept really kind of gravitating towards the younger emerging artists. Cause as the largest photo festival in the world, that's very unwieldy. And like, so, you know, for my own personal passion, I, I just was always very interested in the young up and comers, the people who, who didn't have the same opportunities as say somebody as an artist who is more established. And I ended up launching another photo festival that was specifically about emerging photographers. And what the mandate of that festival was, was to connect artists, and photographers with opportunity. And so we had this structure set up of, there was an exhibition that they were part of, there was a, a beautiful coffee table photo book that they would get published in. And then there was like portfolio review opportunities for them to kind of do face-to-face -face with like very high level jury members, like people like the photo editor of Time Magazine, or the creative director of Vanity Fair, uh, curators from some of the more established art institutions, whatever, uh, photographers gallery in London, or, you know, like that level. But the, for me, the missing piece was that how can we find a way to easily put money into the pockets of these artists? Because this is sort of an age or level of their career where financial support almost means you know more than having credibility of being published in a book or having you know an exhibition on their cv like they actually need money to pay their rent for their studio and so that's when i guess a few pieces aligned where i first decided i wanted to have an online business i just felt like that's where the opportunity was and then i reverse engineered the idea from there where I came up with the concept of selling art online in a way that created democracy in an industry where, you know, there's a lot of like um, smoke and mirrors and, you know, intimidation. And I wanted to change all that and really disrupt that. And so this was 2009. So we're talking 12 years ago. And at the time, there was really me and one other gallery online that was specifically exclusively online. And so that's really where the whole idea kind of sparked. 
um, was really about just working in a way where we could easily sort of create a gateway for people to be able to access art in like a conversational way and just really kind of put the spirit of the artists and match them with people who just want, you know, to hang work on their wall, but don't know how to kind of navigate the smoke and mirrors of the industry. So I buy art and I like eyeball, I buy art is, I mean, it's been amazing to watch it grow and evolve. And now you're doing so much incredible work with social media and it's kind of a two piece. Um, So you have this kind of curating corporate spaces, very specific, and then you're online for people like me who are like, I need a piece of art for my office. And I love that this idea of disrupting because it does feel really removed for the buyer, the purchaser, right? Art always feels like, oh, how do I, do I go to Bed Bath & Beyond and just get something for the wall? Or, you know, where's the in-between from this like, you know, gallery space? And you've just created this really approachable, accessible, and yet still really personal space to find beautiful work. And you are pretty specific about the artists you represent. So tell us a little bit about you know, who is who is represented and kind of what's your niche in that market? So let me just go back to the Bed Bath & Beyond for a second. <laughs> no, no shade on Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> no, like, listen, I actually get it. Like, why do people buy art from Ikea? In a way, I, that's where the opportunity is for me because I completely get it. It's actually a very tricky world to navigate. And what I'm trying to do is create an organization or a platform that says there's something else out there. There's convenience and it's ease to go to places like Ikea or some of these other large retailers. But the problem is those pieces are factory made and you're not connecting with a narrative or an artist's story or a real person. I don't wanna say there's an activist component to this because not all artwork is like that, but to then answer you know, the, the question that you asked, the, the focus for me is to try and find, I, like, I really like working with emerging artists for the reasons I described previously, but I like to try and find work where there's something compelling going on, like it draws you in and there's beauty to it and it kind of can grab you and have a presence like like the piece behind you when you're doing your podcast. I know this is audio, but you know, just something that will grab you, but that for me, art falls apart if it doesn't have a good story. So oftentimes what you're seeing with those pieces that are more factory mass produced are they're pure surface. And there's like a burnout factor with art like that. Like it, it just starts to become wallpaper after a while and you'd stop noticing it. Whereas the kind of artists that I'm after, it's very narrative driven, it's storytelling and it's their story. And in a way it's really cool because you get a window into the world of what matters to like kind of the next generation. So I see a lot of work around the environment 
And it's absolutely inspiring and beautiful and incredible to see how these artists are approaching that subject. I also see the social kind of, let's say, the Me Too movement or Black Lives Matter, or in the case of Catherine Tekpani, whose, whose piece you purchased, her work is about the missing and murdered Indigenous women but it's treated in a way that's approachable. It doesn't feel like, you know, a, an aggressive piece. It's there's beauty to it. And that that's what brings you in. And then it allows her to tell that story. And it's a, an important story. And so that's, that's the thrust of the kind of the dynamic that I'm after when I'm looking to invite new artists into our organization. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. I mean, I just, I think that I love what you said about storytelling because we, we do want to be a part of a story. And it feels like when we have access to the story as the person who's on the other side, right? Who doesn't maybe have a background in art or understand the way that it works, but to know, I mean, I love knowing the story and then I love knowing there's a connection to the artist and that has life within my home. And knowing that it's not just one of X number of prints that got, you know, hopefully they got a teeny tiny percentage of, but it's like that artist's energy is something that I connected to. So that's a really beautiful mission and vision for these young artists that you're really stewarding this, this connection between the greater audience and them. Yes. That's the trajectory that I'm trying to create between the collector and the artist. And Again, you know, because it's, you know, an emerging artist, like someone who's up and coming and hasn't had the same opportunities as someone who's already had a solo show at the MoMA, for example, you know, you as the collector can really feel like you're investing in these narratives that are really important. Like, you know, this is a much sort of, we can get sort of almost sort of metaphysical about this conversation, but, you know, that's what art is there for. And, you know, why, why is art important and what role does it function in our world and in our personal lives? So, you know, the platform I've created is to try and create those first steps for people, you know, whether you're a seasoned collector and, you know, or whether you're, you know, trying to figure out a way to, you know, move away from like your college, kind of college dorm poster to collecting something that has more significance again like it's 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 just a really exciting era be area to to be working in with like so many cool ideas coming from the minds of these young people and what they care about and how they're telling their story you know mhm mhm and you said that you reversed engineered so you knew you wanted to do an online and have the flexibility because you wanted to start a family and you know be an entrepreneur without probably, you know, being a, a slave to the hours that can go in. But tell me a little bit about kind of that vision of reverse engineering. Like, what was it like to start out something that really was blazing a trail in, as you said, I love that you use the word disrupting an industry. And just walk us through that a little bit as you've and, and how it's really evolved as you've grown. And obviously, your family's grown. And, you know, you've been able to see so many changes. What was that like to reverse engineer it? Well, it's been 
you know, although it's been 12 years, that could be short, but in terms of being online, it's an eternity. And when I first started the business, there was some practicalities. Like I just, I didn't want to be a slave to the nine to five and like having to show up and turn the lights on. I didn't want the overhead. I wanted this to be a lean business that could be very adaptable and pivot. And as new technologies emerged and different kind of attitudes changed, the business had to adapt to that. So, you know, one of the things I'll say is that at the beginning, like I had to have a lot of grit and a lot of, you know, just kind of nerves of steel because there was a lot of backlash. You know, it's not a conversation anymore at all, really. But in 2009, when I started selling art online, there was a lot of people that pushed back and said, this can't be done. You know, this isn't the physical gallery and the white walls and the kind of the pontification and the art speak and all the posturing that goes with that. I was trying to break through that and just use very plain language to talk about art and to have an intelligent conversation, but not be intimidating about it. And so, you know, it's interesting because the pandemic actually helped to accelerate this conversation so much. So, you know, there have been a lot of gifts in the adversity that we've all been experiencing you know, in terms of business, that has been one of them where if there were naysayers out there still, there aren't anymore. Like uh, people are way more open to it. And so that's just created more opportunity and we're really having fun playing with that new narrative. Like in a way it kind of gave me another boost of confidence, you know, cause I feel like our businesses, like our lives kind of comes in waves and stages and we kind of hit these stages in our careers and it up levels us to the next thing and and then in terms of you know why online and why did i reverse engineer it absolutely like i wanted to have a family i wanted to start a family and being able to just kind of coast a little bit here and there like where there was times where i had my baby in the the little what do you call that thing the <laughs> the like a baby bjorn bouncy yeah. <laughs> right and i was bouncing on a ball and like while he was napping and like trying to type at the same time like you know there there was a, a quite a bit of that and then there was times where i could just kind of go on autopilot and focus on my son and his priorities. And the business was incredibly well set up for that because of the way that it's structured and that it's, you know, you can look for art in your PJs at midnight if you really want to. And the lights are always on, the doors are always open. And do you find that people are searching for more art because of the pandemic? Yes. So that's been a reckoning on all kinds of different levels. And on a personal level, I think a, a lot of people being at home, let me just back up a step and just say at first, when the first few days, the kind of the, that, that anxiety ridden first few days of 
you know, things started to shut down and we started to see this and, you know, the impact that this thing was going to have. It was a scary time for everybody, including us. And, you know, I ran out and like got all my artwork out of storage and brought it, you know, somewhere where, you know, like just trying to save a few bucks in case, like, or what if it was stuck there for, for months? And so we had to kind of navigate that piece of it. But then like in many ways, I was also very lucky because the Monday rolled around and it was business as usual, as much to my surprise. Like we got on the Monday, we got an email saying, we're awarding you the uh, commission to do, you know, this huge lobby piece for like an international hotel. And we're like, really? Okay, great. And like, it wasn't as though my team and I like were always working online. And so we didn't have to shift too much in that sense. But one other surprise for me was that all of a sudden we were getting emails from so many people who all of a sudden wanted to improve their space. And it wasn't immediately, but it was maybe like a month in when people started reevaluating their clutter or just wanting to like, you know, um, shift the energy in their room. And like how transformative is art when it comes to that shift? Like to me, it's a huge, huge part of it. It adds so much energy into a space. And so I think that that was, again, one of the interesting opportunities that came out of this that I, I did not forecast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was one of those people for sure. I think the what you said, and I have been astounded at how the energy changes in a room when you change the art. It just changes. It can change everything in a really powerful way. And we all got sick of looking at the same, <laughs> the same things. Yeah. What can I change? I can't change my space. So what can I change? You know, what can I rearrange or move around or, you know, how can we shift the energy is such a good way to put it. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think also, and this isn't the case for everybody, but for some people, you know, they did have money to invest in art all of a sudden. And not that all the pieces that we sell are, you know, investments in that sense, like some of the prices are very approachable. All I'm saying is that, you know, people all of a sudden weren't spending their money on travel or on, you know, some of the other um, more sort of non-essential spending, right? And so that was happening as well, which to me is a good thing because when I wake up every day, I feel good about what I do. Like, I feel like I'm just a conduit for, you know, people that want to find access to great artists doing important things. And then artists who have most often times like no sort of um, platform or I, knowledge yet as to how to connect with those people. So, you know, I see us as being the conduit and it feels like such an important role. And I'm, I'm so, you know, grateful to be able to be that person and to have this platform and, and to have this thing going on for 12 years now. And so it feels pretty good. Yeah. 
It is good. And we kind of talked before, um, and I'd love you to share a little bit about how, as a, you know, as an entrepreneur and a mom, and you have this business that really was, you know, got pushed back, but then is is growing. There, it all sounds great, right? Kind of like, oh, check, check, check. But that's there's a lot of work behind the scenes. There's a lot of great days and terrible days, and and everything in between. So, we talked a little bit about the importance of of self development and the kind of tools that we're using to navigate all of these. What are some of your go to tools that your help you to find your way through the challenges and those big up levels that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, that's that's such a great question. And I actually want to go back to reference a podcast that you did with Ra Goddess, where she talks about the sacred pause. And it was such a beautiful interview. I really, really enjoyed that. And I got so much out of it. So I think we all had, I think this has been a real year of reckoning and is adversity on a scale that, you know, maybe none of us have encountered in our lives, you know, yet. And then personally, kind of on top of the pandemic, I was also dealing with some pretty big stuff, including some, you know, family health and a lot of health issues. <laughs> My son broke both of his arms a few weeks ago. So just, you know, how do you ride through that when you have to be wearing so many hats? Like, you know, the hat that runs a household, the hat that, you know, and everything that goes in that category, like that that's a very big one. And the hat that is, you know, your own personal care and the hat that runs a business, et cetera, et cetera. And so again, like, I just love the way that raw goddess was talking about about this piece and yeah there's times like i'm not gonna lie there's times where you know you're just on the floor and it just feels completely overwhelming but i mean i have so many tools in my toolkit and you know one thing i will say about those tools that you're asking me about is that when you're you know, when I, rather, when I'm on the floor and feeling overwhelmed and, you know, in, in like a low place, sometimes those tools are not available. Like my intellectual side knows that they're there, but if you're feeling like crap, they're not available. And one little trick that I've used recently is to just let it be. And to not try to run past it or distract, like pick up the phone or do whatever. It's just honestly just to stay there, stay on the floor and let it all rip and actually not avoid the negative feeling and to just let it sit and just, you know, it's kind of amazing what can happen in that open space. So that in a way it is sort of pushing past it. Like it, I find that the more I just allow it 
almost the quicker it dissipates and we can move forward. So that's one tool that really helps me when it feels like the other tools are not accessible to me in those moments. Beautiful. Yeah. We are, I was just thinking about this earlier about, and we talk about this a lot with many of my guests about this kind of masculine versus feminine, right? The masculine, we all have both energies, but we've been reinforced and conditioned to kind of push through and manage and just get out of it. It's sort of, okay, I'm feeling a little off or I'm feeling this way. How, what's the quickest way for me back? And the more I hear from so many amazing women like you in these spaces of saying, how do we just honor and how do we just be? Is it, you know, the more we do that, I think it is a really beautiful space. We have this beautiful feminine strength and power that is able to withstand more just in the being. And then to be able to take that into the work we do, into the lives we live and, you know, the people that we're around. And then there's this beautiful mix of both rather than just constantly being in power through mode, right? And as as entrepreneurs and women, I think that's really our true strength is to be able to bring in both. Yeah, I agree. And yes, I can be you know, a successful business person. Yes, I can be a mom. And, but, you know, there's also moments where it's not all working out and there's failure and there's, and it gets super hard sometimes, but that's all part of it. And like allowing that. And I've actually like with, with all the sort of additional layers of adversity that I've been experiencing over the past six months, let's say, our mutual friend, Sophia, one of the things that she and I talked about is that this is hard, but it's not negative. And I just love that because it's true. Like I I do feel like there's just this faith that I have that the adversity is a gift, even though some of it is so incredibly rough, like some of the hardest life experiences out there, I still think it's a gift. And so when you're being given adversity, once you do peel yourself up off the floor, you know, you transform that into self-growth and spiritual growth and just improving as a person. And I think there's joy in there. I mean, the more, again, and I'd love to hear your perspective on joy as this is the Rock Your Joy podcast and, and the beauty of this conversation as many is that we as women get to come together and recognize joy is such a vulnerable space. It's such a beautiful space and it often lives within adversity. But through this and through your journey and maybe even particularly now and everything that has happened in the last year and the adversity that you're talking about on a personal level, even, I mean, your little nine-year-old, and I think he's nine, right? Mm -hmm. Breaking both arms. I saw it on social media. I was like, oh my gosh, like my heart, my mama heart went out to you (laughs) and him, but maybe to you first (laughs) as a mom. (laughs) But where, where are you finding joy these days amidst all that? Because I think that our mess 
is beautiful. And I, I just want to hear all of it. Well, this may sound counterintuitive, but I actually feel like heightened this level of like kind of openness to the world when I'm going through incredibly hard times. Have you like, have you ever noticed that after like a really hard cry, things like feel just sort of shinier once you've recovered past that, you know, the, the, the heavy piece of that, that it just like all of a sudden, I don't know, the greens are a little greener or you can hear bird song or I feel like the sort of hard pieces, there's a yin and yang and that it opens me to like this, almost this plane that I just somehow wasn't noticing in the busyness of life, but that the adversity opened a window to kind of the beauty and serenity and this trusting feeling. So that's the joy. That's the joy. And that's, I mean, that is the joy. And that, that is what, for me, is what life is, is it's not about, you know, these big momentous things that happen. I mean, yeah, sure. Great. I love hopping on a plane and going on an adventure and doing those types of things. But the joy is in the, in the smallest things, like just the smallest things. And it really is the adversity piece that helps to open that portal. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you for the work you do, the art you share, the stories that you tell through the artists that you give a platform to. Cause I know that my home feels different with them and I just love connecting and I just love watching you grow as an artist and yourself. Cause I know you to be an artist, all our fun artistic adventures as young women that we'll share in a different episode, <laughs> but as a, as a woman and a businesswoman and as a mom. And thank you for being here today and sharing your story with us. Anya, I'm so grateful. Thank you to you. I just love you so much. And I'm so happy to have been part of this today. And I love our conversations. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.